Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. The Blue Cliff Record, page 72. Ungans, can you say it or not? Yakujo asked Goho, with your mouth and lips shut, how would you say it? Goho said, Osho, can you say it or not? Yakujo said, my successors will be missing. Setyo's verse. Osho, can you say it or not? The golden-haired lion is not crouching. Two by two, three by three, they travel the old way. Master of Mount Taiyu snaps his fingers in vain. Summer session 2022. Be together. Sit. Chant. To wait for the signals of the bone show. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> here we are. More and more, in the midst of the pandemic, which many people think is over, <laughs> it is such a miracle that we can do this. always been a miracle but i think we really feel it now we're doing our best to protect each other <laughs> even so every week i hear of more sangha members who have covid Here, BBZ, everywhere. And we know that more than 400 people 
are dying every day in the United States from COVID alone. And that more than a million in this country have died from it since the pandemic began. And this year at Obon, we'll make 10 special lanterns to honor those lives. On each lantern, there will be written 100,000. Yesterday, we held 49 day ceremony for our dear Lawrence Sullivan and heard a wonderful talk in the afternoon by Dickie And I learned that also yesterday in the morning, my dear friend Nonan Shawani Roshi passed away. He was the head priest at Nebraska Zen Center, a Dharma heir of Dainin Katagiri Roshi. And he was a fine calligrapher. And that's a piece that he gave me. The large character on the right is Sa, the Sanskrit seed syllable for Avalokiteshvara, Hanon. And the other characters read Namu Kanze on signed Nonin Humble Brush. Some of you may have met him when he visited here some time ago. In the old days, he and I used to attend Americans and Teachers Association meetings together. And since his daughter was living in Auburn, he would drive from Nebraska, spend some time with her, and then pick me up. And we would go to, I think the last time it was in Vermont, Shinyana Brock's temple. And many of you have enjoyed David Chadwick's amusing and informative book about Zen training in Japan. Thank you and okay. The central character, Norman, is based on Norman.
And right now, approaching death is Doshin's father, Charles Schubert. He was renowned among central New York musicians for his sensitive piano tuning talents. He took care of all the Steinways at the School of Music, Syracuse Stage, and other auditoriums at SU and many other places. We even tuned our old upright in my house when Jesse was little and playing the piano. He was such a jovial, warm-hearted man. A storyteller, wonderful father, husband, grandfather. So our hearts are with Doshin as he is accompanying him in this time. Today, we meet the great Yakudo Ekai Zenji. Many of you have established a somewhat fraught relationship with him. Perhaps in case two of the gateless barrier, Yakudo and the fox were in Blue Cliff Record. Yakujo sits on the great sublime peak where Yakujo and the wild duck. Here in this poem, he asks, with your mouth and lips shut, how would you say it? And this is the third of three cases dealing with the same question, featuring three of his disciples, Isan Reyu, Goho Jokan, and Ungan Onjo. This is actually Ungon that we are meeting today. Yakujo lived from 720 to 814. And he was one of Vaso Doitu's most formidable successors. In Tejai Denpo, the lineage in China builds from Eno, the sixth ancestor, to a crescendo. We chant, we can join Eno Daikan Zenji, Nangaku Ejo Zenji, Basudo Itsu Zenji, 
Yak joe kai zemri, o baku kiyun zemri, rinzai gigan zemri. The records tell that Yakujo had a profound enlightenment experience upon hearing Basso's great roar. <laughs> and he said, I was deafened for three days. Now, obviously, this was not a matter of volume or duration. Hearing that shout emanating from the center of the universe, Yakujo was deafened to what? All the usual thought processes, right? Everything that had had was wiped out. KO, dead in the ring, gone, 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 and then what? Alive. At last, fully alive to it all. I'm sure that most of us have experienced something unforeseen, like that untoward. Hmm? Yeah. A sudden blow, falling down the stairs, someone's statement, even an email, jolts us, a bolt out of the blue, we said. Lightning, where there has been no thunder. No warning. And usually, we react out of fear, of course, surprise.
anger, self-justification, thinking about the unfairness of it all. <laughs> Instead of being deafened, we want to correct the person who just shouted at us. You are too loud, too rude, too stupid. Then we go over it again and again, thinking we just need to see it from my perspective, which is, of course, the only right perspective. Hmm? It continues all that mental argument, all that redefining. Well, this is really what happened. They just didn't understand. Reiterating the endless enchainment of the inner monologue. I think it's quite familiar to most of us. And then, to make matters worse, because we've been practicing for a while, we turn on ourselves. Blame ourselves for getting upset. Now we're really discombobulated. <laughs> so we look into it, goods and students that we are. And what do we see? There's a pattern here. Maybe a terrible craving for approval. Some of you may remember the Who's Opera, Tommy. See me, feel me, touch me, heal me. We're always singing this opera. Or maybe the pattern is a kind of certainty that will never amount to anything. That all our efforts will always be in vain. Okay, we got that one. Case closed. We may also feel a great need to shore up the wobbly self, that self that lacks confidence, 
that self that has to be protected at all costs. You'd think if we really see it as not worth protecting, we would let go. But no. And of course, these days, we have a great preoccupation with self-care. <laughs> What's the wellness industry based on? An addiction, right? An addiction to self, by which we mean an ego entity, a personality, a separated individuality. There is a magazine called Self <laughs> that rates the 12 best products from a Just Breathe Spa gift basket <laughs> to an anti-stress license to chill set. <laughs> I have to tell the people involved with raising money about this. <coughs> but this kind of self-absorption, self-protection is, as I think we all have come to see, a great impediment to realizing true self. So we have to be willing to be at risk. This is not good news, is it? No, not good news at all. The good news is we have to be willing to be at risk. This is Buddhism's good news. <laughs> In order to awaken to you among all beings are Buddha, we have to Embrace this risk, which of course is the truth of our lives. Always we are at risk. You're not going to get out of here. Maybe this room briefly. If the pandemic and all its consequences have taught us anything. It's that we can't predict, can't project. Whatever we think will happen keeps us from what's really happening. Hey man, what's happening? what we thought.
you know, life is a surprise party. Surprise! And how do we respond? So Yaka poses the same question with your mouth and lips shut. How would you say it to three different disciples? I get three different responses. <coughs> Sameness and differentiation. Key principle in Buddhism. In the winter of 2020, winter session of 2020, we looked at case 70, <clears throat> first of these disciples. Isan Reu. And his response was, I would ask you to say it. To which Yakujo replied, I could say it. But if I did so, I fear I should have no successor. Appreciating Isan's subtle attack, Sepjo in his verse compared him to a fierce tiger emerging from the jungle. Isan was with Yakujo more than 20 years. He served as Tenzo of the monastery. And I'm sure some of you remember the story. An old soothsayer came to Hyakujo and said, there's a really good place for a new monastery on a mountain. We should send some. So Hyakujo tested his monks to see who should become the founder of this place by placing a water jug on the ground and saying, you may not call this a water jug. What will you call it? The head monk answered. Anybody remember? You cannot call it a wooden shoe or you could not. You cannot call it a stump. Translation. And then Isan came forward, kicked it over, and returned to his work in the Tenzo. The dynamism of his action. The shattering of form to reveal the form of no form as form. Oh, Yakujin, see? 
you must be the founder of this monastery. Now, that sounds very nice, right? Okay, there's a monastery up there. Go be the founder. What did it really mean? It meant they, they had to climb up a mountain in the deep wilderness. There was nothing there. And so he went up, 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 up. And at the top, he sat. And he sat. And he sat. Eight years went by. Finally, feeling completely unworthy, he decided to leave. What happened? A tiger. A tiger came out from the forest, barred his way. And taking his sleeve in his mouth, pulled him back up the mountain. Okay, his son said, I guess that was a Dharma messenger. And he started sitting again. Three days later, three monks came. Notice the three throughout. Three monks appeared, and then more, and then more, and finally, 1,500 monks were training under a son, Rayu, at the top of that Mount Rayu. I think this is a very helpful story for our lives, don't you think? <laughs> All these koans have relevance to our own lives if we really see into them. Who here has experienced dejection, unworthiness, has felt abject? Has felt nothing I do is working. I'm not worthy of sitting here in pain. I might as well leave. But there is always a tiger. Wait. Well, there's a glass of water. What about the second disciple? This was Goho. We met him at spring session in case 71. With your mouth and lips shut, how would you say it? Yapadoro's question. Goho answered, Ocho, you should shut up. <laughs> Favoring this abrupt, dynamic response, this tough, holding fast, 
Yakujo said, in the distant land where no one stirs, I shall shade my eyes with my hand and watch you. real admiration. And yet, there's always an idea. Underneath is an ongoing scrutiny. Yakujo is saying, I will be watching to see how you mature. Will you be staying in that absolute or will you be able to let go into action, manifesting your vow? Okay, so we go from Tommy to the police. Maybe you remember this one. Every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. It's from the 80s, 60s, 80s. So really, teachers and dedicated disciples, long after death, a deep relationship continues. Continues. Hearing the birds, seeing the summer flowers. I can't help but think of Ji Shou. How she loved nurturing, growing things, grasses, flowers, wildlife. Your utter devotion to the way. We just chanted Daito Kokushi's final admonition devoted to digging into this matter. You will never be apart from me. This is true. Anyway, 
Today we meet Ungan Donjo, who was born in 782 and died in 841. He entered Yakudo's monastery at the age of 12. And he practiced under him for 20 years. Isan was with Yakujo little more than 20 years. Jikishi told us yesterday, 26. But evidently in those 20 years, he was not able to fully awaken. With your mouth and lips shut, how would you say it? His response was, can you say it or not? Can you say it without using your lips and mouth? Your mouth is shut when you are holding fast. Are you able to let go? And teach? You're smart Alec, huh? This could have been an excellent attack. It was spurious. Something put on. Didn't come from Ungan's awakened heart, mind. And I think we've all been in situations where we have to come up with something. And we have to reach for it. We reach for something and we say something. It doesn't come from the heart. It comes from trying to figure out what might be appropriate here. What might the teacher approve? I once told Ada Roshi, after working on a koan for God knows how many months, I'm trying to figure out what you want. Mary <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> is very compassionate. <laughs> and said, it's what you want. So Yakujo replied to Ungan, my successors will be missing. Remember what he told Isan in case 70? I could say it, but if I did, I should have no successors. In his commentary to this case 72, Engo Kokogon says, Look 
how he studied, he means Ungan. Look how he studied and investigated for 20 years and still is half green and half yellow and white. He couldn't break through. He just tried to test Yakujo's depths. I'm going to have some Dharma combat with my teacher. Yakujo saw this and struck him dead. Not dead as in dying the great death as Yakujo himself did at Basso's shop, but just dead, as in lifeless. So Ungan, in his 20 years with Kyakujo, had a close relationship, and yet, not yet. You all know the phrase, readiness of time, right? Some of you, too, may have been practicing for many years. No great breakthrough. Oh, a little crack here and there. It's a long, right back into the thick of it is I am no good. This will never What's wrong with me? That's what's wrong. <laughs> now, what if you stop? It's good advice the Buddha gave in his third noble truth. Just stop. How about if you let go of that constricting certitude that you're no good? Or another way to put it is, are you holding on to unworthiness as your identity? This is who I am. Okay. We have to laugh at ourselves, really. If we don't laugh at ourselves, what's the point of all this painful sitting? <laughs> Just be as you are, bumbling along, and enjoy yourself. What's wrong? Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Enjoy the list. Enjoy, enjoy. Saigo, Terry Keenan, and Goshen, David Schubert were ordained within a few months of each other. I don't remember now. Anyway, they used to call each other Brother Bumpkin. <laughs> Just this bumpkin bumbling along from one mistake to another. Freedom, we all want freedom, right? Liberation. Freedom is within the bumbling, not somewhere out there. It's within circumstances as they are, not the way you think they will be when you get through your list. And they're always changing. They're never predictable. They're sneaky that way. They certainly are. But you know, every year of those 20 years, or however number you have, was absolutely necessary as preparation. That's what we mean by training. Yeah. Novice to master, subtitle. An ongoing investigation into my own stupidity. The extent of my own stupidity, big extent. It's how we learn. So just be with it. Don't evaluate it. Don't say, well, yesterday was a lot better than today. <laughs> Next sitting has got to be better because this is awesome. Just be with it. Samuel Beckett, great Zen master, said, <laughs> ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. Most important direction. I remember being in the Girl Scouts in the early 1950s and hearing, be prepared. How many of you were Girl Scouts? One, two, three. I wasn't very good at it. I <laughs> In the 1947 Girl Scout Handbook, the motto was explained this way. A Girl Scout is ready to help out wherever she is needed 
Willingness to serve is not enough. You must know how to do the job well, even in an emergency. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Such good advice for session officers. You should always put that in. Session officers. Good advice for us all. Emergency. The sirens by a blast through our complacency. But what often happens is we're like, why is that nurse the noise disturbing my sleep? <laughs> <laughs> So back then, this motto, be prepared, I thought it meant knowing what would happen next. And I always failed. But the real meaning we can appreciate becomes from long years of failure. Another way of putting practice. The real meaning of be prepared is be ready. Be awake to this ever-changing, ever-amazing moment. And at the same time, we can appreciate the tea ceremony model. Prepare for rain. Cultivate that readiness of time. You don't know what can happen. Your guest may need an umbrella. <laughs> After Hyakuto's death in 1814, when Ungan was 32, he went on pilgrimage and met with quite a few Zen masters and finally went to Yaksan Igen, an outstanding master. And he became his attendant. Yakasan repeatedly asked him, What did Yakujo say to his disciples? And no matter what Ungan's responses were, something was lacking. We all know that feeling trying to meet the challenge, falling short trying to speak with lips and mouth shut, but ending up further entrapments, lips flapping, <laughs> creating trouble, confusion. And so of course we appreciate Goho's, oh, you should shut up. 
smooth ungam. Finally, to Yakusan's question, what else did Yakuto say? Ungam answered, well, once Yakuto entered the hall to address the monks, everyone stood waiting to hear his Teisho. He then took his staff to drive everyone out. And then he yelled. And when they looked back, he said, what is it? Yaksan said, why didn't you tell me this before? <laughs> Thanks to you. Today, I've finally met with elder brother Yakuchu. And at these words, Ungam awakened. With your lips and mouth shut, how would you say it? Is it? At last, Ungan was with Yakuto and with Yakuza. And this intimate meeting would take place. Now I'll just touch briefly on Seto's verse. The first line he simply repeats Ungan. Osho, can you say it or not? Trying to trap his teacher. But... <clears throat> Second line, the golden-haired lion is not crouching. He's not prepared to attack. Makoin says, about that line, even though he's a lion cub, he doesn't even know how to sit. Not crouching implies he doesn't have claws and fangs yet. The treatise on the YN says, when a lion sits, it crouches. The very picture of power. And some of you know our dog, Favor. Let me tell her when she's about to jump on someone, sit. And she sits, but. <laughs> the moment we think she's sitting, <laughs> right? Third line. Two by two, three by three, they travel the old way. Some of you know the Koan Joshu investigates an old woman 
Two by two, the monks come, three by three. Again and again, they ask, what is the way to Mount Time? She says, go straight on. And they do a few paces, and then she says, a fine monk, but he too goes that way. <laughs> the old way, not their own. Trying to find it up there, the top of mountains. And the last line, the master of Mount Ayu snaps his fingers in vain. Yes. Trying to wake Mungan up. What? Yes. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org slash donate. Thank you for listening.